This Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Welcome to the second hour of the Sports Huddle. On a Friday afternoon, finishing it up with you. We've had a good week. Of course, it's been a short week for some of us uh, who are out early in the week. And that gets us closer to the start of college football season. And we are certainly excited about that. Uh, 502. Bob Black with you here. Lewis producing in our ESPN Richmond studios. I am hosting remotely this afternoon. So I'll give you a little bit of inside radio here because Lewis just... Uh, whispered in my ear and I didn't quite hear you Lewis do we have our guest online with us we do excellent way to track him down appreciate that we knew he'd be with us because he's done this many times with us before and there's certainly a lot of great stuff to talk about as we said college football on the horizon and no better place to go than Ashland Virginia because they have one of the great college football programs going there at any level D1 D2 or their level at D3 he is the veteran head coach of the Randolph making Yellow Jackets wow starting his 20th season Pedro Arruza joins us this afternoon coach Arruza how are you thanks for joining us Hey, I'm doing well. I'm hearing a little bit of uh, background noise. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we will get that gremlin uh, worked out of the system here momentarily. Second time yep. today we've had that issue, so we're not just picking on you, Pedro. Hey, do you shake your head at all when, when you hear yourself announced as the 20th year head coach at Randolph-Macon? Yeah, it's been uh, it's gone by really fast, though. You know, my wife and I talk about it all the time. We uh you know, we had one one kid when we moved here, and another one on the way. And now my oldest son is almost uh, 22 and playing for us. And you know, my youngest one is a uh, junior over at Patrick Henry. So it's been uh, it's been a fast 20 years. It's been a great uh, great 20 years here in Ashland. It's been a, a great place to to live and a great place to work. And it goes fast when you're winning as much as you have been at, you know, 65% of your games and particularly of late phenomenal record coming off of uh, the season you had last year going unbeaten in the regular season. All those accolades are out there. Unanimous choice to be the ODAC champ this year, uh, the preseason favorite, all of that. Can I throw one number at you? Because, you know, your great SID, Phil Stanton, who's never going to retire, by the way, I think I'm convinced of that. Um, sent me some notes about you guys. And of all of the notes that jumped off of that page, Pedro, particularly in this day and age, and I know D3, fortunately, is different than D1 at this point, you've got 40 seniors and 17 fifth-year seniors. What is the impact of that for your team and your program? Well, I think, it, you know, when I when I came here 20 years ago, one, one of the things that I knew we had to – you know, fix was we, we just didn't have great retention. We didn't have a lot of seniors in the program. And, you know, I think we had 14 my first year, and that was the biggest number that we had had, I think, in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, so over the years, I think that number has grown, and we've consistently had 25-plus seniors every year. And, uh, you know, as you know, when you've got veterans playing for you and those kids are developing and they're buying into the program and providing leadership for the young guys – you know, that makes a huge difference. And we've got, you know, a lot of kids that are really invested in this program. And, you know, I think that that has been a, a, a huge difference maker for us. So 17 guys that, 
you know, cared enough about football, cared enough about the program to come back and, and do it for another year. Some of those guys, you know, obviously are not starters and, and haven't played a lot for us. So the fact that they wanted to be back and, you know, be a part of it, I think is a huge deal. And they obviously get winning because you consistently win year in and year out, and they have. But yet, having said that, how do you kind of um, compartmentalize? What's, what's kind of the, the secret here to making sure that they compartmentalize, that they're not living off of last year or the year before that or the year before that, and that every team, even with 40 guys who are seniors, has a different identity? Yeah, I think we, I think we stress that every year. I think the guys know that every year you're starting again and you've got a new group of freshmen coming in and no, no team is ever going to be the same. And uh, so I think that we hold these guys to really high standards. I think they hold themselves to high standards and expectations. I think we remind them all the time that uh, we just have to keep uh, getting better. I mean, you know, quite, quite frankly, we haven't really talked about anything except ourselves and, you know, the things that we need to do to, to get better. So, you know, we come out every day and, really stress that, uh, you know, the battle is to, to compete against ourselves, not, not the first opponent, not the second opponent, not anybody in the conference. We just kind of put blinders on and really try to focus on, on what we're doing because you have no idea what's going on anyplace else, and you can't get better in a vacuum. You know, as you're getting better, everybody else is getting better. And uh, I think we've got great kids here, and, and they really love football, and they have a passion for football. And you know, the two things we always talk about in recruiting – are recruiting guys that love football and recruiting guys that have great character. And uh, that's what's made this job such a great job, and it's why we win, because we have kids that, you know, have extremely high character and they work really hard and they're really invested in each other and uh, they care a lot about, you know, going about things the right way and they don't mind being challenged. And uh, I, I think that's, uh, you know, created a pretty pretty good recipe for success here. It's all, all about the players uh, well, looking specifically and focusing, zeroing in on this year's team, on this new team that opens next next Saturday on the road at North Carolina Wesleyan, uh, what have you been able to see as the identity of of this year's team? I had mentioned all the old ODAC performers you've got. It looks like most of those are on the offensive side of the ball, not that your defense is going to be bad, but it does seem to be dominated by your offensive guys. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we do have a lot of guys coming back on defense, and I think our defense has looked really, really good during camp. Um, you know, I thought our defense played really well at times last year, and I, I think we've simplified things quite a bit. So I, I, I've been really impressed with uh, how well those guys have played. We had an inter-squad scrimmage this morning and, you know, knocked out over, over 100 plays, and, you know, I was really, really pleased with, with how well our guys ran to the football on the defensive side of the ball, and you know, we've got a lot of good players on that side. I think we're really good on uh, the defensive line. I think our linebackers run to the ball. Our secondary is much improved. So, you know, I'm, I think we'll we'll end up having a really good defense this year. You know, offensively, you know, we have our quarterback back and, you know, a few guys uh, that can run the football. But, you know, it's all going to come down to how healthy we can stay up front because the offensive line, as you know, is going to be the the thing that makes you go. But uh, like I said, I think overall the thing that, that I've noticed with this team is, you know, the guys are really locked in. We've got really good leadership. And, uh, you know, they care a lot about, you know, doing things the right way and they respond to hard coaching and they want to be coached hard. And, you know, I think that's really important. You know, our quarterback, Drew Campanelli, is 
a really good player and he's got a lot of ability, but uh, the thing that sets him apart is he wants to be coached. He doesn't, he doesn't mind being coached hard and he doesn't mind being held to a standard. And, you know, I coach the quarterbacks and I, I don't coach him any differently than I coach the running backs or the offensive line. And, you know, he's a, a, a tough, thick skinned kid. and You know, he wants to get better. So I think that that's been the thing that I've noticed about our guys. They've just been uh, extremely positive since the day they reported and, they they respond well to the expectations and you know they want to get better. Any inkling, Pedro, of what the ODAC is going to offer this year? And I realize you've got you know uh, what three non-conference games. You won't start ODAC play till another month plus till the end of September. But any inkling from what you're kind of hearing and feeling around the conference? Not not at all, really. I'm, I'm not I'm not really worried about what's going on anyplace else. And you know we we need to worry about ourselves and. You know, we'll get ready for opponents as, you know, the weeks uh, come. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty focused on, on getting better. And, you know, I told our guys we got to focus on, you know, getting stronger. You know, a lot of teams, they wait till the off season to focus on strength and conditioning program. I'm like, we got to get stronger in season. You know, a lot of teams focus on their speed program in the off season. I'm like, we got to get faster in season. You know, we got to get better at football and we got to develop the young guys and develop the older guys. And uh, like I said, we've got we've got blinders on. I, I'm not real worried about what anybody else is doing because I think when you start to get distracted by things outside of your own program, that's when you get yourself into trouble. And uh, you know, we we just try to show up. And you know, I haven't I haven't even thought about next week. You know, I, we've got some things that we've got going on tonight, and we've got some things going on tomorrow with our lifting program and and practice. And you know, my my entire focus is on what we're doing tomorrow and. You know, when tomorrow's over, we'll worry about Sunday. When Sunday's over, I'll worry about Monday. And uh, we'll just take take that approach for the rest of the season. So game week will literally start on game week as you get ready for week one next week, won't it? It will. It will. And like I said, I, I think that at this point in the year, especially early on with three non-conference games, mm-hmm. it's going to be less uh, focused on, you know, what our opponents are doing and more focused on what we need to do to get better. We, we need to really improve fundamentally. I think that, that, you know, when you go back and you look at all the games, we, we've lost four games in the last, uh, I guess, since 2019, right? And I, and I went through it the other day. I showed our kids these are the four games that we've lost. This was the margin of, uh, you know, victory for the opponent. And I went through and I showed them all the plays that we could have made and should have made that we didn't make. And what it really came down to is fundamentals and execution, right? It wasn't that anybody was out scheming us. It wasn't that you know, anybody was, you know, doing something that we weren't prepared for. It was, you know, drop balls, missed blocks, missed tackles, just poor execution, right? And uh, poor fundamentals. And uh, football is still a game of blocking and tackling. And, uh, you know, there aren't, you know, coaches get a lot of credit sometimes, you know, they're like, well, you guys out this team or you guys had this great plan. And, you know, the best plan is to, to get your kids to play really hard and to, get your kids to play with an edge and to play with great fundamentals and, uh, you know, great coaches stress fundamentals, in my opinion. You know, that's why uh, Bill Parcells was so successful as an NFL coach. And, you know, the best coaches know how to coach details and they know how to coach fundamentals and they, they get the kids to really buy into that. And uh, that, that's what we're trying to do here. 
Uh, this is going to sound like a dumb question. I, I, I preface it by saying that. But when you brought up that you went back to the losses, first of all, you got to search long and hard to find those losses because there haven't been very many. I mean, I get what you were doing, and a thousand other coaches across the country probably do the same thing with their teams. Do you ever slap on the tape of the good stuff? Do you ever put a tape together that says, hey, fellas, you guys are good. Don't forget that. And here's what you did that was good instead of putting that tape on with the things that they didn't do so well. Yeah, I think we always try to stress things that are that are positive, you know. And like I told you th- this morning, you know, when we had our inner squad scrimmage, I thought our defense did a great job of, you know, creating some takeaways and you know batting some balls and running to the football. And you know, there were there were definitely some positives, you know. And I, I think that everybody else is telling them all the positive things that mm-hmm. uh, that they've done, and and that's great. And we we certainly point those things out when guys do good things. We we want them to know that hey, that was a that was a good job, and, and I appreciate the, the way you guys, you know, went about this situation or that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those losses still lead at you, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you want to be great, and you want to make sure that those things don't happen again, and you want to learn from those mistakes. And, you know, so I think it's a, it's a balance, you know what I mean? But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those losses are hard to forget, <laughs> you know, especially when you know that uh, you could have done it better. Yeah. Well, your formula is working. There is no doubt about it. So keep on that path, and we'll catch up with you during the course of the season and excited for what you guys can do uh, up there in Nashville this year. Pedro, uh, congrats on everything to this point, and look forward to having another great season. I appreciate it. You guys have a, uh, have a great night. Take care. Likewise, Pedro Aruza, head football coach at Randolph-Macon. I mean, the numbers are just phenomenal. I mean, at some point, you definitely have to identify that. I guess that's our job in, in the media and the sports talk shows and that sort of thing. And, and he's got to stay level-headed and grounded with his guys. But they're 25-2 and two, uh, in the last three years. Uh, and, and they've won nine or more in the past four years, first past four full seasons, not including the pandemic year, of course, and they're picked as a unanimous choice to win it again. I mean, it's a lot of heady stuff, and you do have to keep them kind of grounded and level-headed and all of that, but I think when you've got that many returning guys who have been a part of that program for all of those wins, they get it. They understand what it takes. I don't think they will take that for granted, Uh, and I think it's the other teams that will be worrying more about them than they will be worrying about their opponents, at least at the start of the season until they get deep into ODAC play, but they open at North Carolina Wesleyan next Saturday, and then their home opener at Dayfield is on the 9th against Catholic. they got a game at Southern Virginia on the 16th, and then Guilford is their first ODAC game down in Greensboro on September 30th. We will certainly keep an eye on Randolph making the rest of the D3 nation will as well. They'll be another one of the great teams in Division Three football. All right, 516. Wow, we're already moving in the 5 o'clock hour of the sports huddle, and here's where we're headed this afternoon.